fan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Full Court Press. So when you push that button and move that knob, that's... You know what's going to be really bad is that when... Okay. Uh, I have no idea what that's playing. Let's turn that off. That is off. <laughs> what so the again, fetch is going that button What did you, you just do, Eric? Knob. What did you do? What did you do? I, oh, fetch. Not me. Not today. It's just rolling through. Uh, oh, don't want to push stop. Uh, sorry, uh, Western Extermination. We'll get you back on here in about 20 or so minutes. Uh, meanwhile, nonetheless, <laughs> Eric Franson there. I'm Ajay Salveson. Welcome to the Full Court Press. 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, good to have you all along, especially on 106onthefan.com. If you're streaming, if you want to text into the show, you can at 435-339-0321. Or call in at 435-752-1069. Uh, a lot to get to. We'll start with the NBA, who has announced that they uh, have approved of uh, the season to resume. The NBA Board of Governors voted on Thursday, today, to approve a 22-team format to restart the 2019-20 season in Orlando, Florida. Uh, the vote was 29-1, to with the Portland Trailblazers being the lone team on the other side of the tracks. That was against the proposal, and the National Basketball Players Association, according to ESPN, has been working closely with league officials on the plan. The Players Association's team representatives have uh, have a conference call set up for Friday to approve the proposal, which is all but guaranteed to do so, which means that uh, under the, the plan, 13 Western Conference teams, 9 Eastern Conference teams, will play 8 regular season games, or excuse me, season seeding games, with a possible play-in tournament for the 8th seed and a playoffs at the Walt Disney World Resort. The top 16 in the Eastern and Western Conference will be joined by teams currently within 6 games of 8th place. Those teams would be New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Washington. The play-in tournament will include the number 8 and 9 teams in a conference. If the ninth seed finishes regular season with 4 games of the 8th, in that case, the ninth seed would, uh, would need to beat the number 8 seed Twice to earn the playoff berth, while the number eight seed would, would need one win from the potential uh, from the two to potential games. Right, so it's it's double elimination if you're the eight seed. It's single elimination if you're the nine. Just to preserve, look, you've worked all season long to be into that eighth spot. You have a little bit of a, a cushion already. We don't want to punish you from having something like this. Now, one thing to remember, Ajay, this is what's being proposed by the league. Yes. The NBA owners, the NBA as a group, this is their proposal. Now, the Players Association, they still need to sign off on this before it becomes formal, before they can actually move forward. What we've seen in Major League Baseball is the owners have put something together and then the players counter with something else and they've been very far apart. In the NBA, it's widely expected that the Players Association, when they have their vote tomorrow, it will pass with flying colors. Yeah, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN is also saying that the exact same thing, that it's almost all but for sure that they will have a season which would start on July 31st and Game 7 would be on October 12th. The NBA draft lottery would be on August 25th, while the NBA draft itself would be three days later after the season would end of Game 7, October 15th. Looking at that then... The 2020 and 21 season would likely begin on December 1st. 
and that free agency would begin three days after the draft, which would be on October 18th, training camps on November 10th, though teams were told to consider the free agency date as a flexible date to move around. My question to you, Eric, are we trying too hard? Is there too much uh, with the eight? Let's start there. With the eight to nine seed playing games and whatnot, is that trying too hard? Mm, no. I, I think I think that's a kind of a contingency plan that's, that's out there. There's already kind of a gap that exists between eight and nine in both leagues that would be kind of tough to overcome, but it at least gives them something to play for. Like we're inviting you to come play and you have opportunity. So we want to give you some hope. So you're not just going to be out there doing garbage basketball for two weeks. So I think it gives them some hope and something to play for. Um, but it is a little funny. It's just definitely different. The whole thing's different. But I, I can't fault them for at least dangling a carrot out there for those teams that are currently on the outside looking in but felt like with enough games played, they still had a legitimate shot to try to play their way into those positions. So it doesn't punish them. It gives them still an opportunity. And while we're talking about dates, something else to remember, um, training camps. It'd be proposed that training camps for the t- various teams in their individual workouts that could begin on June 30th, and that would last about a week. Then all the teams will fly to Orlando on July 7th. That's three weeks before the season would get going. So there's kind of a, a double quarantine kind of built into this. Players that went home, especially international, it gives them time to come back to their cities, to their teams, and basically quarantine themselves for a little while, start to work out at their facilities, then everybody goes to Orlando, quarantine for a little while, and then start to um, start to, to, to gear up again. In fact, there is some uh, a possibility that there could be some scrimmages, some kind of like exhibition games between different teams that are there as, as tune-ups to, uh, to get themselves ready for these games. Because I think one of the big fears is, one – just all of a sudden throwing all these guys in and it's playoffs, guys are going to be going hard and they haven't really played hard for months, so you're going to have a high risk of injury. But the other thing too is got to make it interesting for, for television and you don't want a lot of bad basketball. If it's awful, horrible basketball, it's not many people are going to tune in to watch a lot of it. I think there's going to be some basketball that's not great, but um, I think they're trying to build in some things to get guys kind of back into a rhythm, playing some games, have some competition before the games start really mattering, if that makes sense. And so that's kind of the calendar that's being laid out. Speaking of concerns, the NBA also has one more, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Well, especially among those teams that are younger rebuilding, uh, less so of a concern for the Golden State Warriors that you know are going to bring back healthy all-stars to try to make another run in the Western Conference. You know, but teams like Atlanta and Detroit, team like Charlotte, they want access to their young players. And they want to be able to not just get them in the gym physically uh, and be working with them, but especially young players, you know, who need the anchor of the organization, I think for a level of stability and structure in their lives as they're developing their habits professionally. Those are really the concerns of teams. And, you know, they've already started talking to the league office 
about giving them some ability in this offseason to have training camp. And that is an interesting thing. Like, for, for example, the, as you said, the Warriors are in good shape, right? Durant, uh, not Durant, excuse me, Curry and Thompson come back. You got Draymond Green. Uh, you've got these guys coming back. You should be in okay shape. But a young team, say, like, I don't know, give me somebody who's young and who sucks right now. Besides the Knicks. Well, uh, like he talked about the Atlanta Hawks. That's a young team that's rebuilding. They don't have a great uh, schedule or uh, uh, record, but that was a team that was relying on some of their younger players um, and uh, trying to develop them in game situations. Um, and so they're they're out. They don't have any games. And they won't have any games until the 1st of December unless they agree to have some kind of a summer league for those teams that uh, weren't able to participate in the resumption of play. Uh, David Manimum, uh Dave McNaniman, I don't know how to say his name. Manimina. Yeah, sure. Uh, Manimini. <laughs> uh, beat writer for the LA Lakers uh, on ESPN. He talks about what the number, what would be a potential number two seed Lakers view is on an NBA restart as he uh, joined uh, Kevin Agande on SportsCenter. For Dave McMenamin joining us now on SportsCenter. And Dave, what's been the team's reaction to the league's plan on returning? Well, Kevin, it's appropriate you just mentioned those championship odds because I was just on the phone with a Lakers team source who told me we're all excited that the NBA figured out a conclusion to the season because it means we have a title to play for. I also was in contact with a, a Lakers player who told me that no one's going to have any problem with the stipulations that have been ratified with this vote because we get a chance to play. And a member of the Lakers coaching staff just texted me back, let's roll, baby. Uh, there's certainly a level of excitement to get this thing going. Of course, there's the idea they're going to have to wait five weeks or so before they actually play games, but they're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, you mentioned those five weeks. What have you heard from this team about how they'll approach the coming weeks before this season restarts July 31st? Well, one team source brought up the question to me, is the NBA going to change the current standards for having individual workouts in the team practice facilities leading up to the start of training camp, which will be at the end of June? Right now, it's individual workouts. It's very regimented. Um, it's uh, the rebounder wearing gloves and a mask. And quite frankly, there's players with better setups right now in the city of Los Angeles. There's players that are able to go to a gym and play without all those regulations and play for longer than 90 minutes. So they're kind of waiting on the league to offer up the new parameters leading up to training camp. And perhaps if some of the uh, strict medical conditions are lifted, you'll see more guys trickle in prior to the official start of training camp in late June. So a, a couple of things with this. One, um, the Lakers might be a two-seed going into this, this playoff. The bad news is there is no home court advantage. And we've discussed it before, Eric. Uh, with the possibility of Kevin Durant returning, and when it's actually becoming more and more of like it's gaining steam that Durant has a possible chance of returning, him and Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie's already talked about it, he wants, he wants to come back. That He feels like with all the time off they've had, he feels like he's ready to go. This is no cakewalk, especially playing on a neutral court in Orlando, Florida, Against the new, or excuse me, against the Brooklyn Nets with two All Stars. Well, that that's assuming that Brooklyn would be able to get past Milwaukee and Toronto, and 
get to the uh, the win the Eastern Conference. Well, no, if they play just the twenty two, or if they play that just the sixteen in the eight games that they play. Sorry, so if they that playoff format, are they playing as a combined playoff, or is it just separate? No, conferences? you still have your Western Conference and your Eastern Conference. Oh, so they're not going to combine. No, from not that I've seen. Okay, I haven't seen anything. That I suggests I'm so that they're confused everything. if they are combining or not. No, because it's the traditional seven. Everything in the, the playoffs is going to be the same with seven game series, according to conference. I have not seen anything official. I know that it was floated, it was proposed, but I've not seen anything that suggests that it has been confirmed that that's the way they're going to go and changing it one through sixteen. Sorry, I'm just reading this paragraph here, and I, I think you're right because it says again the planned tournament will include the eight and nine teams in a conference. If the nine seed finishes regular season, yada, 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 uh, then they would have to beat the eight seed twice, or the eight seed would just need to beat them once. So I would imagine that would be, yeah. That, but then, wait, then how do you do, so 13 Western Conference teams, and they just knock out, what, four, right, or five, to get to eight, and then they play in their conference, that's right. Well, so the Eastern Conference only needs to get rid of one team, but the Western Conference needs to get rid of five. Yes. That's weird. It is a little weird, yes. Huh. All right, uh, Eric, so looking at this, and then uh, according to... I'm going to find it here because I just... Okay, while you're looking, let me bring this up real quick. So uh, they're going to play eight games each. And there's only like three courts available, and they start at, at the 10 wide world time. of sports. So there will be seven games a day played over about three weeks of time, and they're calling them seeding games. So it's not like regular season; they're seeding games. So what I don't understand, what still hasn't been certain, is which teams do you play among those eight games? Which which teams do you play? Okay, so that's a good question. Now, to answer that, according to Vincent Goodwill, who is of Yahoo and he's a senior NBA writer, the plan is for teams to continue their schedule as planned with the next eight games on their schedule. Now, if a team is scheduled to play the Hawks, Bulls, or Pistons, it moves on to the next game after that on their schedule. So, for example, the next eight games for the Jazz, they are extremely lucky that they get this schedule. Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Memphis, Lakers twice, San Antonio twice, and Dallas. What a fortune for the Jets. <laughs> With no Bojan Bogdanovic. That was that. So they would play those eight games, and they'd be, as you said, a seeded eight games. So does that just mean that they're playing for seeding? So, right, yes. Yeah. So the Jazz are, right now, they're the fourth team in the, in the standings in the West. But they're not fighting for, you know, are we going to get in? They're fighting to see... Who will we potentially play? Will we play Oklahoma City in a best-of-seven series? Will we play Houston? Will we play Dallas? Will we play uh, Denver if if they slip? So the, the, the games, the eight games that the Jazz would play are all about you know, who would they potentially face in the playoffs? What would the first and second rounds look like in the playoffs? It's all kind of a ramp up. It's a lead up to the playoffs, but they have to play some games to get themselves ready for it. 
uh, physically and make sure you understand who's supposed to be where again because it's been months, but also to figure out the, that that seating where who's going to be playing because home court doesn't matter. You, being in your venue versus someone else's venue doesn't matter, but who you face and the matchups that you might go up against that does matter. Like for the Jazz, would you rather have them face Oklahoma City or Houston, or would you rather see them go up against Denver? Mm-hmm. I'd rather see the Jazz go up against Denver in a heartbeat. So, a couple of quick questions for you. Uh, we'll start with this one since we're still on the topic. Go through the order of win loss, win loss with this schedule here. Okay, so let's start here. And this is what the Jazz's eight games would be like before the playoffs. OKC, win or loss? I'd say win. Me too. Want to know? New Orleans? A win. They've had great battles between those two teams. I know. I'm terrified about that, man. But I'm going to give the Jazz a win. Memphis? Uh, I think I give the Jazz a win. So they're 3-0 going into back-to-back games against the Lakers. I think they lose both of those. Me too. And back-to-back games against San Antonio. Because right, they would skip Minnesota. Yep. Would normally be on the schedule. I think they split Me San Me too. And then Dallas? Uh, I think they beat Dallas. I think they lose to Dallas. I think Chris Stapps and Luka Doncic are just too much. Especially, again, no Bojan. How much does that hurt them having not having that guy? So what was that? Where were we? Like four and four? Yeah, because you had three and zero. Oh, Five and three. Lost the Lakers twice. They're so three and two. Split four and wait, uh, four and three. Yeah, so I'm at four and four. You're at five and three. So I'm at five and three. You're at four and four. So five and three probably keeps them at that four spot. Would you imagine? I don't know. I mean, depending on what everybody else does, five and three is not bad. Five and three is doable. And if you can somehow get matched up with Denver, like you said. You're looking at a first-round win. Here's Oklahoma City's schedule. Okay, let's hear it. Utah, okay, as we established. Washington, Memphis, Denver. Loss. Miami. See, I'm losing track here. Utah, Washington, Memphis, Denver, Miami. Skip Charlotte, skip Golden State, Denver again, and Phoenix. So they probably go four and four. I argue that they've got a they've got a lighter Three schedule than the Utah does, because they got several of the bottom parts of the uh, Eastern Conference in their schedule. Hey, will you do me one huge favor? Do you have the Sixers by chance over there as well? Someone there's a ton of people in some national media just showing sort all sorts of sympathy for the Sixers in this eight game season. Whoa. Okay, Philadelphia 76ers, their eight game. Season would include Indiana, Oof. Washington, Toronto. Jeez. <laughs> well, they skip a bunch of teams there. Phoenix, Portland, Houston, Washington, <laughs> and Milwaukee. So they might end up two and six. Oh, no. They got Washington in there twice. Washington, Phoenix. Okay, Phoenix Portland. is a win. Washington's a split. Really? I still think Washington's a split with them. See, I, w- I wouldn't mind that schedule, to be honest. Yeah, you got Houston, Indiana. No, no, no. They don't play Houston. Oh, I thought you said they play Houston. No, they play Indiana, Washington. You said Houston. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I did. Later on. Yes, they do. Later Thank on. you. They do play Houston near the end. I think it's doable. I think honestly, I think the Jazz can go if they can go five and three like you predicted. 
They're staying at four. And there's no such thing as home court advantage. Let's throw it out the window. Now you're just looking at sitting in itself. And you almost kind of want to, like, you know, longer perspective look at things and say, look, I want to avoid the Lakers in that one seed. So it sounds stupid, okay? Lose a couple of games. Find a way to get to that six or seven spot and stalk Denver. Wherever Denver falls to, you just stalk them. Here's Houston's schedule. Okay. Okay. Here's the, these are the teams that Houston would play in this eight-game schedule that they'd face when they get into Orlando. They open with the Lakers. It's a loss. Portland. Oof. Sacramento. That's a win. Dallas. Milwaukee. Indiana. <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> and then they end with Toronto. What? They could go, okay, now that's a little realistic, two and six. They beat Portland, and I think, I think they, they beat, beat Sacramento. And they beat Sacramento. Indiana with Victor Oladipo is a problem for them. And, by the way, no Clint Capella. They're back to that small ball kind of stuff. So I think Indiana gets them. I think Philadelphia definitely gets them. Uh, Lakers get them, I, I, I honestly think. Uh, give me, you said one more there. That, um, Philadelphia... L.A., Indiana. So, Los Angeles, Portland, Sacramento, Dallas, Milwaukee. Dallas is the other one. And Milwaukee, okay. Indiana, Philadelphia. Sorry, I'm looking at Houston. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, no. That's, that's what I want you to do, though. Oh, okay. Uh, because the size and will... And Toronto. Because the size is going to kill them versus Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia, and L.A. In fact, Anthony Davis is going to have a heyday versus Houston Rockets. They could be two and six and fall to that eight nine playing game. I, I want to look at Denver. That's what I was hoping. Denver schedule. Yeah. Can they hold on to that number three position? Can the Jazz maybe move up and displace they them? They probably have a light schedule. So San Antonio, okay, Lakers, Clippers, Ooh. Oklahoma City, Toronto, Miami. San Antonio again, and Oklahoma City again. Split with San Antonio. They beat Miami, and I think, what was the last game you said? Oklahoma City. They split with Oklahoma City. Because they play San Antonio twice, Oklahoma City twice. So they probably end up four and four. Both Los Angeles teams. And where are they at right now in the standings? They're number three. It's Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Utah. So if we can go four and four, and they go four and four... Shoot, yeah, I think you're, maybe if we go five and three, we could. Like I said, you want to stalk Denver, avoid LA in the second round, stalk Denver because if you can, we. Well, here's the thing: it's not just you know if the Jazz go five and three and they go four and four, Jazz will have to do better than that because the Jazz trail by a game and a half. What? And then the Clippers are what the three seed. No, oh, no Clippers Denver, are two seed. Denver's number three. Clippers are number two. Because I'd rather play Denver and then Clippers than Oklahoma City and then on the Lakers. Like they're going to get torched by the Lakers, torched by LeBron James. You get the Clippers though. I don't know why, but Doc Rivers gets out coached by Quinn Snyder time after time against those guys. What I but what I think is going to be the, the interesting X factor here is those veteran teams like the Lakers and the Clippers. How how much are they going? wide open during these eight games. Are they going to ease themselves into it? Because they know their positions are secure. Nobody's going to displace them. 
I guess there's a slight chance that maybe Denver could win more games than, than the Clippers, and they could flip-flop because they only have a game and a half over the over the Nuggets. But how much game management are those guys going to do? Because they haven't been playing for a long time. They don't want to go nuts at the beginning. They're going to try to ease themselves into it because they want to be able to play uh, and have everything going in uh, in late September. Good point. Early October. So are they going to go nuts out of the gate? Yeah. And I worry uh, about those teams like Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio. Those are teams that are hungry to keep playing. It, if they don't, it, but here's if the they thing. don't do well in those Is eight Portland games, that hungry? Done. Is Portland that hungry? I mean, you got Damian Lillard out there being like, hey, if we're not playing games that matter, I don't want to play. So they're like, oh, <laughs> Good well, point. why don't you take your vacation early then, Damian? But Sacramento, Our guys now, are used you're to right, being though. Off right you're now, right, so though. Sacramento is definitely hungry to be that team that they can prove to contend. In fact, if I'm L.A., I'm kind of, I'm not scared, but you're not thrilled about playing Sacramento because they are going to give you every, they're going to scrap well, and, and, with you. And New Orleans has been a very different team since Zion has been a part of them. They're a very dangerous team. So if you if you played New Orleans early in the year, uh, and then you look at what they look like later in the year when Zion has been in the mix. Very different team. That's interesting. So, okay, so who of the... Because are the Pelicans nine? Or where are they at? Right? Who's the eighth-seeded team right now? Sorry. Well, the eighth team right now in the West is Memphis. There's no way they're hanging on. There's no way they're hanging on to that. Memphis is three and a half games ahead of Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento. See, I think one of those three snatch up from Memphis. I I don't. I cannot see Memphis hanging on to this. I'd like to see it, but I don't think you will. Of the teams, okay, who displaces them? Who gets into that eighth spot? Which uh, team is most likely? New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans is so talented, extremely talented. Eric, JJ Redick, Derek Favors as your veteran center, Zion Williamson, who's this freak of an athlete. Uh, you still got. Uh, Ah, the tall, lanky guy that came from yes. Los Angeles. Yes, come on. He killed the Jazz. Yes. They could not stop him. Oh, I cannot remember. Uh, <laughs> um, son of a gun. They, anyways, New Orleans scares me more than I, I would think. Oh, Brandon Ingram. Thank you. <sighs> Who's actually coming around very nicely in New Orleans. His plus minus has went significantly up since he's left LA. New Orleans is going to probably be the team to snatch up from Memphis. I don't know if they give. I don't know, maybe they. I don't know if they give the Lakers that much trouble. If Utah ends up in the four or five game, you need an eight seeded team who's going to take LA to the brink. You don't have to beat them, but just give them everything they want and more and then make them physically have to exhaust themselves to get through you in the first round. By the way, Adrian Wojnarowski just reporting some preliminary expectations on Orlando's format. 16-day regular season. So we're looking at, what, two, just over two weeks. Five to six games per day. Each team expected to play one back-to-back among, among its eight regular season games. NBA Finals format will be expected to include games every other day during best-of-seven series. 
How about that? You don't have to wait 10 days for game three. Five to six games per day. Hey, oh, that's what I was going to ask you really quickly. Um, Will we be airing the Jazz games on the radio if David Locke travels, right? Will we still have, be having the I would games? assume we would. So if they we're play... The, we're the... We're an affiliate. So if they play like at 4 o'clock, which is possible... Sure is. We may not have a lot of full-court press going on <laughs> from July to whenever. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Hey, as long as the Jazz are in it, that's fine. That's absolutely fine by me. I'm totally approving of it. Though I love doing a show. All right. Uh, text in at 435-339-0321 if you want to voice in on anything that we're talking about, including the NBA playoffs. What do you think? About this. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do the Jets have a chance? Are they done in the first round? Do they lose all eight games? No Bojan Bajanovic. How much does that kill them? It's like it hurts them a lot. A lot. And in fact, I think it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. I think it hurts them the most against a team like Houston. Yeah. I think they can manage it against Oklahoma City. I think they can manage it against Denver. I was going to say. I think they can manage it against some of the teams in the West, but there's a few teams that, man, that is a big loss. If there's one team in the upper echelon of the Western Conference, with the exception of Denver, because I feel like Denver's just there to be there, and then they get knocked out. One upper echelon Western Conference team without Bojan that the Jazz can actually have a good chance of beating, it would be who? Denver. Is that it? I think that's probably it. So the Clippers, you don't think the Clippers... No. I mean, Clippers are a scrappy team. The Jazz can be a scrappy team, but Boyan's versatility as a as a shooter, as an and as a bigger guy that can take a a, a lo- smaller player into the post. Um, I just yeah, because you enough. need you need every weapon available if you want to well, hang sure. with the Clippers or the Lakers. Yeah, sure. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Eric, a Mountain West Conference made a statement. Give us a tease on that. Uh, yeah, the Mountain West Conference, like a lot of conferences and colleges around the country, trying to find ways to manage their way through the disruption of COVID-19. Um, and uh, what does that mean going forward? Cost-cutting, cost-saving measures, uh, making sure that there's a, a plan forward, checking player health. So they uh, issued a statement just the other day. We'll get into that. They had their their board of directors meeting. It's an annual meeting that they hold. Uh, President Noel Cockett from Utah State. She is the head of these this group this year. Uh, so it's interesting to see what they had to had to say. Some of the information that come that came out as a result of their annual meeting that was held just recently. By the way, speaking of statements, Drew Brees is facing major backlash on his comments, including from a few of his own teammates. We're going to get to the repercussions of his comments, where we stand on it, uh, and we'll also get on to some other sporting news here on the Full Court Press. 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106onthefan.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson there. I'm Ajay Salas on the Full Court Press. By the way, Season 3 of the Full Court Press, are back to our two-hour show will be coming up 
Uh, we're going to say early August. You know, season for basketball starts July 31st. Who the heck knows when baseball is ever going to come back, if it does, even for the year. You realize August could have, early August could be having NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, if they get their crap, crap together. together. Yeah, I'm not optimistic there, though. Uh, and we'll be looking at... We'll be talking about football. football. Yep, fall football. Coming up soon. August is going to be crazy busy. Yeah, so that's why I'll be going back to our two-hour show. We'll go. We'll start uh, with a premiere on season three. We've got a lot of great, a lot of great stuff coming up for season three. Interviews. Uh, you're going to hear some new sound. We're going to have some fun. Uh, all for you guys. Can't wait to. Like bring... what kind of new sound? Like airplane noises? Uh, you're just going to crickets. Lo- uh, let me put it this way. I'm going to. I'm going to tell Ducks. you this. Shh, quiet. You are going to love. Our opening intro on our very first day, season premiere, season three premiere. You're going to love our intro. Oh, a lot. And I'm not even joking. Chickens? I'm trying to think, what, what's the new, new sound? You said you're going to hear new sounds. Yes, you are going to hear new sound. Okay. From the voice guy. Oh, the voice guy. Voice guy. Not the sports guy, the voice guy. The voice guy. Dude, he's good. I, I listen to his voice, and I'm just like, man, read me a story, and I'd fall asleep. Uh, Eric, I'm out west. Uh, has a statement. Why don't you go ahead and bring that up? Well, they had their, they have an annual meeting that they always do in the springtime. Normally, they get together. This time, they did it virtually, as you can imagine. Um, they met as a board of directors, which is all the school presidents or chancellors, uh, and but then they sometimes have a separate meeting with the uh, athletic directors. So they had their their board of directors meeting, and then they met jointly with the athletic directors for part of it. And a couple of uh, uh, bullet points to come from this: um, uh, voluntary in-person athletic workouts for all sports will be allowed starting June first. Uh, each institution will have some discretion based on state, local, you know, guidelines that may be or campus guidelines that may be in place. Uh, they also talked about a health and safety advisory group that they put together. So it's medical professionals uh, at each school uh, that could help understanding of you know, keeping athlete, athletes and coaches and support staff keeping them all healthy while still doing team gatherings and practices. So each school kind of designated uh, somebody to be part of their health and safety advisory group. Uh, Mike Williams, the head athletic trainer for Utah State, he was the USU representative. Uh, interesting comment. This was from Noelle Cockett. She's the, the chair of the board of directors this year. She says, given the unique circumstances in the locales of our campuses, it was the desire of the board of directors to provide member institutions maximum flexibility to engage in the return of athletics activities in accordance with state, local, NCAA, and campus guidelines. The Mountain West Health and Safety Advisory Group will assist us in those efforts as we move from conditioning to practice and ultimately competition. So in addition to that, they're looking at still trying to find ways to save money, cut costs. Um, and uh, some of those are uh, virtual uh, media days, things like that, that we're not going to go to one location, not going to have hotels and things like that. That's already kind of been in place. 
Um, but a couple other ones they're going to do. Reduce conference office operating budget by 18%. They're going to diminish their staff travel. So they won't go out to as many regular season games. Um, they're going to freeze officiating fees in all sports. Uh, in coach or in person coaches meetings that happen in the spring and the fall, those will be done uh, virtually in the spring next year. So they're not going to do one in the fall this year. Uh, all media days will be virtual. They can. Uh, it says allow institutions to schedule second non-division one opponent in men's basketball, replacing an RPI of two hundred and fifty or worse. So it's basically giving them an opportunity to schedule another team of a lower lower level Division one. Um, for they're going to changing some things with their their uh, other sports and how they determine a champion. Like they're going to utilize a sixteen match modified double round robin. Uh, schedule for women's volleyball, a conference baseball softball series that's going to be reduced from three days to two. They're going to eliminate baseball, men's and women's tennis, and women's soccer tournaments, uh, swimming championship and di- uh, diving championships will be um, at, at separate venues on Mountain West campuses over three days. They're going to reduce men's and women's indoor track and field, men's and women's golf tournaments from three days to two, Men's and women's outdoor track and field from four days down to three. So they're they're doing some things to try to save some money, do some cost savings, reduce travel, reduce time you may need to spend in a hotel. Um, so Mountain West is you got to applaud them for trying to be proactive. Uh, as there's still a lot of unknowns over the next twelve months, um, and to, while still preserving sports and athletic events and still being able to provide a way to determine a champion. Can you have cost cutting as much as they are going to try and keep all the sports? Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. I haven't but heard of possible, any sports being cut in the in any any Mountain West member institutions. I mean cuz it will take a lot away from I guess chartering maybe. I mean I mean those are expensive flights. But a basketball team having to take a commercial flight from one place to the next is is kind of exhausting for them. I mean, I've heard numerous basketball coaches complain about that, about having to, uh, instead of being able to charter straight to San Jose or to New Mexico or whatever it is, they have to take a commercial flight. So, for example, Utah State oh. would have to go to Salt Lake, fly out from there, asking. and get to somewhere else because um, of the cost-cutting, quote-unquote. Right, it was a big deal to start flying big planes into Logan yeah. Airport so the football team could go direct from Logan to wherever their destination but was. Why can't basketball do that when they travel more? Uh, it's fewer people. It's probably the, the cost savings isn't really there. But I mean, I just, because I've heard, I know like when we've had press conferences with uh, Coach Craig Smith, you know, he'll talk about, yeah, we, we hopped on a plane, got back to Salt Lake, bust home, Got back at about 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, had the kids go home, sleep, whatever, and then we were back at practice, so, you know, whatever time. But they have little time to heal, and then they're back on the road, back to Salt Lake, commercial flighting out. It's it's tough. It's, like, it's I mean, for football, I get State, it, but, I mean, where they are. you need to give men's basketball the exact same, I got to be careful how I phrase that, because there is Title IX. 
But with men's basketball traveling and women's basketball really too, as, as much as they yeah. do travel, with the amount of people that travel with men's basketball, they need the same privilege as football does. I know I'm getting a little bit off base here, but I just I, I, it bothers me that Utah State basketball has to take a commercial flight out and how brutal it is to go from Colorado home and then back on the road that same week to go to California, back home, and then you have a Tuesday night game. It's just it's so brutal on those players. The, the Mountain West schedule has gotten a little bit better. It used to be you were on a plane every week. Yeah. It's gotten a little bit better. Like two home games a week. and then Yeah. Some, yeah. But they could do something similar to what was done in the old WAC days is you'd play a game on Thursday in a general geographic area, and then your game on Saturday would be kind of in that same area. So you'd play Colorado State one night, and then you'd play Air Force or Wyoming later on that week. So you're not having to fly all the way back to Logan and then fly all the way back out there. Uh, you're, you're just kind of making a round trip. So I don't know if they're going to look at some of those things to try to save some money as well so that there's fewer flights or fewer long flights. But that would make some sense. I mean, and to uh, to back up, I don't think it's cheaper to do a chartered flight for the football team out of Logan than it is to send them that assault lake. I think it is significantly more expensive. But it saves in a lot of other things uh, to for for time and energy and that's a lot of bodies and a lot of equipment so it would take it, it would take it, it typically used to take a long time to get that many bodies that much equipment bust down to salt lake loaded on a plane flying commercial it's a lot of tickets to purchase in a block um but for for men's and women's basketball I, that's just life in logan in, in unless or until some big donor has an additional plane sitting by ready for use for Utah State basketball purposes to charter them wherever they want to go. Because that happens for some big-time sports programs. Uh, that's the way life's got to be for Utah State. And I know they did. Basketball did have about, I think it was five chartered flights last year for games, if I'm not mistaken. Five or six. Um, but, look, for football, and I don't mean to bash, and I'm not bashing football, please don't get me wrong, but they have seven days to rest. You know, I mean, they get home. I mean, well, I guess we get home Sunday morning at some point. I mean, we got home from San Diego State like at 6 a.m. The sun was coming up for crying out loud when we got home. Uh, but they get they get that time to rest. Basketball, like I said, plays on a Saturday and sometimes has a game on Tuesday. So they get home Sunday morning. Uh, probably have some icing and, and treatment to do for, for a lot of players. Uh, need to get through film and walk, you know, film and practice to get ready for your opponent on a Tuesday game, and then play against Saturday. I, it's just that's a lot to ask of these kids. And yeah, I, it's tough. I know, I know, it's life. I, I know that the, they the, don't exactly the, fit into those uh, spaces say, on a normal f- plane either. And, well, yeah, and, and I know the saying is "Last life in Logan." Well, we need to fix it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I get well, let me, Sorry, let me. It takes a lot of money to fix yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. I, 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 oh, sorry, I should rephrase that. I don't want to. Uh, I hope that we, that there will come a time where we are able to fix it some way, somehow. You know, I, I hope that there's a time where we are able to, to give them the opportunity to, be able to charter so they don't, so they can get them on time. You know, and with school and all that and such. You can just, you know, when you hit that mega millions, when you hit go up to uh, Franklin, hey, and when you hit that. 
Five hundred million dollar jackpot. Just get hey. a plane, find a pilot. He can fly you around wherever you want, but during the basketball season, it's like, okay, Mr. Pilot Man or woman. Oh, you need to be available. Take this team wherever they need to go. Okay, you know, when you sign with ESPN, like I told you you would, and you got those And if millions, Coach Smith needs to make a recruiting trip to over. Ukraine and then fly to Dubai and then fly to I hate you. Australia? I freaking hate you. You can use my plane. You suck. So I'm I'm going Scrooge McDuck and swimming in my gold here. I got to find ways to spend it. There's our promo. <laughs> Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salzner on the Full Court Press. If you want to hear that Jimmy Moore interview, you can on 106.9thefan.com and on our podcast so platform. I, I could have gone. In fact, We could have gone the full hour. Yeah, you got a tweet, I think, right? From somebody saying, I could have heard him for a whole full hour. We've had interviews like that. Or we could have gone easily 60 minutes, no commercial break, and just let them go. It, yeah, we would have loved to, but he had somewhere he needed to go. And then he got there late because we talked longer. Well, you talked longer. <laughs> I couldn't get out. I was left alone in here like, is Ajay ever coming back? <laughs> I just walked out. I mean, you know what, Jimmy? We're out, dude. <laughs> We're out, man. No, uh, that was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll have him back again, no doubt. He, he said he'd like to come back, and we'd love to have him back. Uh, hey, uh, he, in his book, he talks about what life was like in the 60s as an athlete and that he was treated differently. Two things stood out to me in that interview, Eric. One, he was treated differently when he was a basketball player because they're like, oh, it's Jimmy Moore. Wait, this guy's, we got to hook this guy up. And he said he didn't want to abuse such a privilege, but he wanted to be able to share the message and take advantage of sharing the opportunity of like, look, we're all equal. The second thing to it was when, we, I, when I asked him about Jalen Moore, and I said, has he ever finished, or if it's me, has he ever heard or dealt with derogatory racial remarks here in the Valley? He said, oh, yeah. Almost like a, yeah. Casually. Right. Blew my mind. It blew my mind that he would have to deal with that stuff here in Cash Valley. Oh, it exists. Believe me, it exists. I see it in the comment section on <laughs> stories that we post on Cash Valley Daily all the time. It's sad. Does sickening. it blow your mind? I mean, it does. Because you've been in the Valley for so long, and you've known so many people. You've been able to talk to so many people, and there is a lot of great people in Cash Valley. Love this area. But it blows my mind and it disgusts me that someone like Jalen Moore, who doesn't trash talk to the crowd, would have to deal with something like that. It, that, it just it broke my heart, Eric. Yeah, it's, it's really sad and unfortunate. Uh, it still takes place, taking place even this week in the midst of all of this. Uh, so... We got to be better. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is we got to call people out on it. Well, because they're going to keep saying it until people shame them, basically, and say, "Look, that's not acceptable. It's stupid. Stop doing that." For example, Drew Brees, who had made comments the other day about, "I can't agree with people who kneel for who won't stand up for the national anthem of the flag." Colin Kaepernick had been doing so for quite some time for his protest versus. Uh, Abuse versus African Americans, and he was upset by that, um, by the abuse and I guess police brutality. So he decided he'd be sitting for the flag. Then was told, "Don't sit, but kneel." Okay, I can do that. So he kneeled, and then the NFL, according to many, the NFL blackballed him. Uh, then of course Drew Brees 
made the comments just the other day about how he doesn't agree with those who kneel for the flag. All of a sudden, it turned from like a small win to a hurricane of black of to me of backlash towards Drew Brees, and not even just the league and players and outside the league, his own players, Eric. Yeah, his own teammates saying, you know, he missed the mark. Uh, he didn't understand. He doesn't understand why people are discussing it or talking about it. Uh, he says, I would never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. And it, the, They're kneeling not to disrespect the flag, though I know a lot of people believe that if you're not standing with your hand over your heart, anything else is disrespecting the American flag. And I don't agree with that. But uh, it, it is a freedom of expression. You need to understand that. Uh, people have the right to do that. People who fought and died for that flag also fought and died for that right for those people to not stand to put their hand over their hearts, as tough as that may be to stomach for some people. But um, what bothered me, and I said this yesterday, is that uh, maybe what people were doing was focusing on a very small part of the, the broad uh, yes, picture of what I, Drew Brees yes, was saying. I would agree. He said a lot of great things. Yes, he did. But they focused on one sliver of it, and today he's saying, look, okay, I, I, I've heard you. I get where maybe what I said didn't make sense with or how it didn't connect, and I apologize. Um, and he's had some conversations with some of his teammates. Um, and that's what I appreciate, that people actually, his teammates who did talk to him, I applaud them. Instead of people just taking to social media and venting and voicing their frustrations or throwing weird emojis out there, have a conversation with the person. And I think that's where we've got to be as a, at a society. Have conversation with people. Don't just result to memes and emojis. Have real conversations with people. That's the only way this is going to get any better. Uh, a lot have come out from people like LeBron James. Malcolm Jenkins was very strong in his phrasing towards Drew Brees about his comments and many, many others. Uh, that will do for the Full Court Press for Eric France. I'm AJ Salveson. You can find our podcast on 106onthefan.com. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NBA is voting today on a proposal to pick up the 2020 season in late July. But the details came out yesterday. They expect to bring back 22 teams and play eight regular season games. Then they'll add a twist. If any teams are close enough to the number eight seed, they'll have a play-in tournament. All right. I'm probably as confused as you are. Didn't know we needed a play-in tournament. I thought we were having a play-in tournament. It will be a wild ride for the NBA. Who knows if teams are going to be at the same place they were in early March. And maybe this field will have some of the unpredictability of March Madness. We'll see. Also, maybe we'll have it go according to plan. The two top seeds, the Bucks and Lakers, meeting in the finals. And I'm fine either way. Can't wait for them to get going in what should be one of the most unusual and possibly the most exciting NBA postseasons we've ever seen. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.